Today I want to talk to you about thinking inside the box. Yeah, that's what I said. Let's think inside the box. And I'm trying to provoke you on purpose because I know if you're watching this online, you probably are leaning towards the, the creative side and, and our culture loves people who think outside the box. There's nothing wrong with thinking outside the box. But to, I'm using that term in, in, a, in a very specific way because it takes a tremendous amount of creative thinking to solve problems using only the resources that you have. And sometimes we need to think outside the box. Like if you're an engineer, you can create something that doesn't exist or uh, you could, there's a lot of problems that you can solve if you just have enough money or enough people to do it. But more often than not in our life, we find ourselves approaching challenges and, and, and roadblocks and realizing, okay, here's what I've got. <laughs> here's the problem. How do I approach it with what I have? And in our lives, we have limitations. We have personalities. Some of us have really quirky personalities. Some of us have physical limitations or emotional limitations. And we have limitations. We only have 24 hours in a day. So in a way, being a human means we have to learn how to think inside the box because God is the only one that can do both. God speaks and creates something out of nothing. God can bring the, the dead back to life. But as human beings, part of our journey with Jesus is learning how to accept the limitations that we have, whether they're resources or physical or, or even the stage of life that we're in, and, and offering that up to God and, and watching what God can do with what is in our box. Because God often chooses to, to heal, to create things, to restore communities, to restore what's broken through limited people like, like us. I want us to, to think about this passage. Uh, it, the new year, it's one we could spend the rest of this year on Mark chapter 8. Verses and I want to start with just verses one through four, and and dig in here because there's so many little nuggets in here that can help us to to frame the, these next 51 weeks that we have together. 52 weeks, depending on how you're counting it, and, and starting out uh, this this new year of 2022 in a way that says, God, here I am. Let's see what you're gonna do. So, um, Mark chapter eight verse one says. During those days, another large crowd gathered. Since they had nothing to eat, Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I have compassion for these people. They have already been with me three days and have nothing to eat. If I send them home hungry, they will collapse on the way because some have come a long distance. His disciples answered, But where in this remote place can anyone get enough bread to feed them? So I love this passage and I, I identify it with, with the disciples so much. A lot of times as you're, as you're going through life, you're like, I've got to do this. Whether it's a project for school, when if you can remember like me way a long time ago, when the, when the teacher says, you've got to write this paper and it's 20 pages long and you think, oh, there's not enough words in the English language to fill 20 pages. Uh, where in the world, that feeling of, oh, how am I supposed to do that? Well, uh, 
one of the things I love about this passage is, is there's only, uh, uh, only a few miracles that appear in all four accounts or gospels, all four accounts of Jesus's life. And uh, the resurrection, obviously, is one of those, Jesus' resurrection. But, but this, this miracle of the fish and loaves, this miracle of Jesus feeding these people with just what the disciples have, uh, have with them. They just had some, some bread. Um, this passage I want you to notice as we talk about this, this movement, Jesus is trying to push his disciples away from a mindset of fear and scarcity to a mindset of abundance. One of my favorite sayings of my pastor in college, he used to say, there's no shortage of matter in God's universe. I'll say that again. There's no shortage of matter in God's universe. That's an anchor for me when I think there's not enough fill in the blank. There's not enough time. There's not enough people. There's not enough opportunity. Whatever it is, I say that. There's no shortage of matter in God's universe. God can make something out of nothing. What's my responsibility right now? Is to think inside the box. What has God given me? I've got some talent got some education, I've got a family, I've got uh, a willing heart, I've got some physical ability. Okay, God, <laughs> I'm going to trust that you'll take what I have and, and take me through the next, uh, the next stage of life. But the disciples uh, in this passage, especially at this point in the story of Jesus, they don't get that much. You know, right now in their mentality, they're really closer to the 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 outer layers of the crowds that are gathering to hear Jesus. Their mentality is actually not that far off from the Pharisees that are having such a hard time with Jesus. Uh, just a few uh, clicks ahead. Um, their, their mentality is not that far ahead of the town that says, who is this? Nothing good can come from Jesus' hometown. Nazareth, nothing good ever comes from there. Or, or Jesus' own family who actually pursues and says, Jesus, you've got to cut this stuff out. Stop this kingdom of God talk and tearing down the temple. Like, just cool it. You're flying too far above the radar. The disciples are struggling to get it. Have you ever said that? No, those people, they just don't get it. And it's usually them, the others, the people that are a lot different than us. They just don't get it like I do. I remember saying that for the first time, I was about 24, where someone confronted me on it. And it was, I forget what the church thing was, or maybe we were arguing about theology or something. And, and I said to my boss, well, those people, they just don't get it. And in some wisdom, she just took a big sigh and said, do any of us ever really get it? And that thing has stuck with me for 20 years. So. If you're frustrated with people who don't get it, maybe say, do I really get it? If you're beating yourself up because you don't seem to get it, and maybe you keep running around the same metaphorical tree over and over again, or the same, the same habits or the, the same dysfunctions, there's comfort here. The disciples struggled to get it too. And I love that Jesus's movement was always toward the disciples and he didn't just throw them out or throw them away. He stuck with them and stuck with them. Um, so the disciples still have uh, an inadequate 
category of, of understanding Jesus at this point. You want us to feed these people? What? There's nowhere to get food. We're in the middle of nowhere, Jesus. They, uh, one, one scholar, Dr. James Polhill, wrote this gigantic theological book. And his, uh, um, his, his theory is that the Gospel of Mark can be divided. This, this, this book that we have can be divided on these hinge points of the disciples understanding Jesus. That first they, they follow him because there's something special. And then they find out he's an amazing teacher and, and understands God's laws in this amazing way. And then they understand him as a miracle worker. And then they understand Jesus as, whoa, this is the, the anointed one that's going to liberate Israel until they get to the point where they understand him as God in the flesh. But at this point, they don't have, Jesus transcends the categories of understanding that they have uh, in their in their brains, and that gives me so much comfort. Because if the disciples can be with Jesus in the flesh and still miss it and struggle to un- keep up with him, oh my goodness, there's hope for you and me. Maybe it's mostly me, but there's hope for us. There's hope for there's hope for us to understand a God that is good, loving, powerful, and wise. Imagine how God understands the categories of goodness and love and power and wisdom. If you hold up God's understanding of those things and our understanding of those things, probably a big gap. There's a gigantic gap. And there was for the disciples. Uh, um, The understanding was just massive gap between those two things. And uh, so for those of us that that are feeling so far away from how much we should understand God's love. Let's continue with, uh, with verse five. How many loaves do you have? Jesus asked. Seven, they replied. Jesus is basically saying, what do you got? You know, I wanna feed these people. There's no food around Jesus. What do you have? They search through their stuff, seven loaves of bread. And then in verses six through 10, Jesus breaks the bread, has the disciples pass it out. And there is a miracle where thousands of hungry people, they've been there for three days. Who knows when their food and snacks and provisions ran out, if they even had any. And there, was, there were leftovers, baskets and baskets of leftovers. And I love that, talk about a mic drop moment. Jesus performs the, performs the miracle and just gets in a boat and goes to the other side of the lake. I love Mark chapter 8, verse 14. The disciples had forgotten to bring bread except for one loaf that they had with them in the boat. Jesus just did this miracle where thousands of people had enough to eat and there were tons, there was tons of food left over and they only bring one loaf with them? Are you kidding me? I love, this has got to be Peter's personality coming out. A lot of people think that he dictated this letter to Mark and Mark wrote it down. And you could see Peter, who's the one who always steps forward in the group. And he was a fisherman, entrepreneurial, knew how to hustle, to to make a buck, to use a term from our, our time and age. I could just see Peter turning around going, are you kidding me, you idiots? We only have one loaf of bread? Did you just, come on. Ugh. And for any of you who have been on a road trip with kids, like I can identify, (laughs) we just just left, you already forgot something. But 
let's continue. There's no such thing as a tangent, right? Okay, so verse 15. Be careful, Jesus warned them. Watch out for the yeast of the Pharisees and that of Herod. They discussed this with one another and said, It is because we have no bread. Aware of their discussion, Jesus asked them, Why are you talking about having no bread? Do you still not see or understand? Are your hearts hardened? Do you have eyes but fail to see and ears but fail to hear? And don't you remember? When I broke the five loaves for the 5,000, how many baskets full of pieces did you pick up? Twelve, they replied. And when I broke the seven loaves for the 4,000, how many basketfuls of pieces did you pick up? They answered, seven. He said to them, do you still not understand? That's uh, my life verse right there. Uh, do you still not understand? Um, so he's, he's warning them about this ye- the yeast of the Pharisees and that religious spirit. And they had just been interacting with the Pharisees. And the whole time they're thinking, okay, he warned us about the yeast of the Pharisees. Probably because these idiots, they forgot the bread. But they don't understand. Like the source They were actually in the boat with it. The loaf is Jesus. They were in the boat with God incarnate and they had everything that they needed to eat them, to feed themselves and to help others and to serve others. You know, our goal here as a church at Solid Ground is to get you to be with Jesus, not to be the behavior police and make sure you're not doing naughty things. Like that's that's an outcome and a result of pointing your heart towards God and following in the way of Jesus and to to slowing down enough in this hectic world and and seeing Jesus in every stage of life that we go through in every moment. It's a a huge part of just being with Jesus, to, to reflect on his words. And our job is to help us all reorient our life towards seeing Jesus in, in the high moments and in the low moments, and the, the good times and bad. Uh, and we're invited into that journey through crisis, just like the disciples, through uncertainty. We're invited into that journey through deserts and storms. You know, going back to verse 4, uh, and just a, a warning, there's implications. You know, the disciples have a very similar journey to the to the the journey we face every day, just going through our everyday walking around life that we have. Uh, They're they're saying, "Uh, Jesus, I think you missed something. Where could we even get food here? And I was thinking about my own life when I face trials, when I face uh, challenges, a desert in my own life or a storm in my own life. A lot of times I'll revert to telling Jesus in prayer, like, uh, this, it, it, we can't get there from here. Jesus, I need you to do this. I need there to be that. Uh, I, I need you to do something about, about this situation. And more often than not, I hear something similar and sense something similar uh, to what the disciples heard. You give them something to eat. What have I given you? you know, present yourself and let me use you. And Jesus said, you give them something to eat. And I can say, God, I can't. I have limits. Jesus, you can just snap your fingers and make this problem go away. Jesus, 
didn't just snap his fingers for the disciples. He used what his disciples had and actually physically used them to distribute the food that was miraculously multiplied. Jesus' disciples serve as conduits for the miracles. How many loaves do you have? And it doesn't matter if you have a lot of loaves. Maybe you have a lot of capacity in this stage of life that you have. But if you don't, how many loaves do you have? And don't say it with shame. We all have limits. There's different seasons for everything. But what if, what if there's even more joy for you when you see God, I just have this little bit and God still chose to to use me? I mean, the disciples were discouraged. All they could see was limits. We've only got this many bread, and then we forgot bread. Like, ah, oh. but they forgot that they were with Jesus. So this, this passage, one of the many things it does is it challenges us to come with the gifts and the talents and the resources and the energy, whatever that is. And when it looks like it's scarcity, to trust that God can turn it into enough and instead of getting so protective and stingy of what we have like what if it's actually uh, enough because these days it's so easy to live in fear if we look through our natural eyes there's not enough this there's not enough that there's there's not enough openness to to the church and to the gospel and to the message of jesus the world is going growing so hostile to that But what if in the hands of Jesus, the little loaves becomes a feast that feeds the whole city? What if? And what if this miracle that was probably invisible as as they're handing out loaves and fish and the food keeps multiplying and multiplying the... I really understand that as like a gradual. It wasn't a snap of the finger and the baskets were full. But what if almost imperceptibly to us. God is doing gradual miracles. And what if there will always be more and more overflowing? I love the contrast of loaves here being multiplied in contrast to the Old Testament where the Hebrews would go out every morning and collect manna and it was just enough for that day. But here there's more than enough in the multiple times where Jesus multiplied food and fed thousands of people, 4,000, 5,000, every time there was more than enough. What if Jesus is saying to you and me, in the midst of what we're going through, I'm here, you have enough. I'm here, trust me. What do you have? I'll take that and use that. God takes a little and uses it. It's one of the major themes throughout the Bible. He used Moses' little staff. He used Gideon's little tiny group of people. He used a poverty-stricken widow to sustain the prophet Elijah. God used the jawbone of a donkey. Uh, God used a, a donkey, Balaam's donkey, to speak. God used Paul in prison. Talk about not having a lot. He was actually in chains, but he was still advancing the kingdom of God. And in this passage, God used loaves and fishes, just a few of them, to feed thousands of people. So we could say about our limitations, if I was just smarter, if I was just older, 
If I were more experienced or if I were just younger and had some energy, I could blah, blah, blah. Our invitation here is to trust and rest and be with Jesus and, and reframe our thinking and retrain our brains into a mindset of abundance, even if we don't see it with our natural eyes and move away from that scarcity mindset. So uh, not too long after this, as they're out on this gigantic lake of Galilee, you know, there were storms. And even though they were hardened fishermen who had seen the winds come up and they, knew, they thought they were going to die and they see Jesus and they thought he was a ghost walking on the water, gets in the boat with them. And what does Jesus say? Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. So, as we, we gear up for another year, uh, where in your life, and this is just for you, you don't have to put this in the comments, where in your life are you looking at life through a scarcity mindset? Where in your life are you allowing insecurity or, or a life change to hold you back? Are you believing the lie that says, I only can do this or I only have this? That's not the voice of Jesus. God says, what do you have? But it's not with his arms folded. It's, what do you have? I'll use that. Come on, let's go. So uh, let's reflect on those things and invite Jesus. Just put ourselves out there and say, God, use me. Make that your prayer this week. God, here's what I have and use me. So let me pray for you. Dear Heavenly Father, Right now we turn over insecurities, fears, doubts, and uh, any area of our life where we're not listening to your voice. God, will you open our eyes? Will you help us to slow our minds down so we can experience the transforming, the transforming relationship available to us with you? Would you please make yourself real to us? So, Jesus, we're trusting that you are enough. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, God bless you. I hope you have a great week. Until we're together again, please don't hesitate to reach out to us. Let us know what God's doing in your life. If God shows up in your life, we want to hear about it. If you're going through a difficult time, we would love the chance to walk through it with you. You can always reach out to us on Facebook or Instagram, all those social media things, or at sgbic.com. So until then, may the Lord bless you and keep you and provide for you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and smile upon you and give you his peace. In the name of the Father and Son and Holy Spirit, amen.